expressed on the following broadcasts do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Welcome to Entitled to Overcome, exploring solutions for life today. A presentation of Take 12 Recovery Radio. And now, here are your co-hosts, Dave Fleming and the Monty Man. Dave Fleming. Welcome, Welcome aboard. <laughs> it's good to be back. Yeah. It's good to be anywhere these days. Good to be back from the heart attack. Gee, wiggy, wiggy, wee, wiggy, wee, wee. Oh my goodness sakes! Hey everybody, it's good to have you with us uh, here on uh, on this beautiful day where Dave and I are both sucking air and thankful that we are. The planets are all in line. Yeah, literally and figuratively. Yeah, isn't there supposed to be something going on? Yeah, right now? today, like some sort of Kundalini thing or some weird. I don't know, the Jupiter and whatever, Saturn or That's something, today. they're all these. Do you feel better? Do I feel better? Is it making your psyche go, yay, or any of that stuff? Uh, Not necessarily. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. There's a, a lot of people around uh, the planet doing like a mass meditation all day long. Did you say mask meditation? Mass. Oh. <laughs> M-A-S-S. I'm sure there's some mask meditation going on, too. No um, face diapers. Yeah, right. Well, welcome to Entitled to Overcome Solutions for Life today with CADC Level 2, Mr. Dave Fleming, better known, affectionately known as Vid. The Vid. Um, and so this is our first show in a while with, with this broadcast. Uh, last week... Uh, we were back on the air with uh, the Great Reality, the uh, another production of Take Twelve Recovery Radio, and you were missed. We know you worked during that time. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and mm-hmm. so this week on uh, Entitled to Overcome Solutions for Life today with Dave, uh, spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection. What exactly does that mean? Um. Uh. So we're gonna be sharing about that. Uh, but of course, we got to bring in an icebreaker, right, Dave? It's that time. I think it is that time. Yep. Uh oh. It's time for Dave and Monty's icebreaker. Yeah. All right. So, so. Oh, oh, oh. Merry Christmas. Okay. What Santa run over the the gnomes in the front yard? Yeah, that right. What that crash was right, right. I got more gnomes, uh, of course. Yeah, pre Christmas gnomes. We have a gnome Christmas tree in our house that um, Carolyn, you know, that comes out to the center all the time. She brings me gnomes all the time. Mm. Um, if you're wanting to know what to buy the Monty Man for Christmas, just send me a gnome, any size. <laughs> Uh, a friend of mine had a gnome mask. Really? And I was, I've been trying to figure out where they, where she got it from. She says her mom got it for her. Oh, that's cool. <clears throat> gnome mask. 
Well, I thought uh, for our icebreaker, I thought I'd play just a little bit of this clip from the acapella group called Eclipse 6. So here's a little fun for you for our icebreaker. Eclipse 6. Please don't cancel Christmas. That's right. That's a clip six. What do you think, Dave? <laughs> I guess that's appropriate. It goes much longer. It's actually a five-minute song. I just couldn't do that to the audience. Yeah. <laughs> I think you have enough of a... Uh... Uh, wait till our closing song. You get a kick out of that one. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. What can I say? Uh, so, all right. Uh, we're going to take a little PSA break and come back with spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection. Uh, with uh, Mr. Vid over here. Uh, What exactly does that mean? Maybe what it doesn't mean. So don't go away because we've got much more for you on Entitled to Overcome today. Solutions. Solutions, Dave, for life today. Today. Don't go away. Some breakage. Here we go. Merry Christmas! Ring, 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 all season long. Ding, dong, ding, and dong, ding, dong. Ching, 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 anyone can tell. They're doing the most good. Helping those no one else would. With the Salvation Army Bell. Hey everyone, I'm Kenny Chesney. Wherever good can overcome... That's where your contributions to the Salvation Army go. Please consider donating to your Nashville Salvation Army this Christmas season, where together we're doing the most good. Well, you've probably noticed that there's a whole lot less of those bell ringers out there on the street corners this year due to the pandemic. If you would like to donate to the Salvation Army, you can still do that. Visit their website at SalvationArmyUSA.org and click on the Donate button at the top right of the page. Thank you, and God bless. All righty. Welcome back to Entitled to Overcome, Solutions for Life Today with CADC Level 2, Mr. Dave Fleming. Uh, Dave sent this topic over uh, in regards to spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection, and uh, you have that reading, Dave? 
Surely the 12th step taken whole is a tall order for any of us, but the point is for us to make progress, not gain perfection. Uh, in fact, the only part of the steps that we can work perfectly is the first part of step one. We admitted we are powerless. When we apply the powerlessness to other steps, we do our best. Step 12 is much too demanding for us to do perfectly. We need God's help just to begin to try. God, thank you for the 12 steps. Please help me as I seek to understand and to do the 12 step to the best of my ability. Yeah, so, you know, when I first read that, my first thought was, are we giving people too much of an easy out by saying, well, you know, you can't do it perfectly, so don't worry about it. Just be comfortable. Take your time. You know, that kind of thing. And and the more I read it, though, I don't think that's what's at the heart of this thing. I, I think... I think it is dangerous, and and see what you think, Dave. I think it is a a dangerous place to be um, as people in recovery when we are striving so hard to perfect something that we miss the progress that we are making because we've put such high expectations on ourselves as we tend to do, right? Yep. That... Any progress that we're making at all, we just chuck it. Because if we are perfectionists, and many of us are, one of the signs of perfectionism is if I can't do it perfectly, I just give up. And and so I think this speaks to the fact, hey, listen, you're not going to do this perfectly. You're, you're going to make mistakes. That's how you gain wisdom, you know. And we're not saying that's okay, but we're saying it's perfectly understandable and you need to take it a little easy on yourself. That's right. Amen. Yeah. Well, let's say, you know, in the, in, in the rooms, we, you know, we always say that progress, not perfection. Because ultimately, you know, even if we, what what can we do that's perfect? Isn't that kind of a subjective term? I mean, who decides what's perfect and what's not? Yeah. You know? Yeah, even if you got somebody sings a song and the audience goes, wow, that was perfection. But the singer is reevaluating their performance, and they're going, "Man, I screwed that up." <laughs> or the next guy comes along and has, does a better performance, right? Right. There's always, you know, it seems like it's. Uh, I was we were talking about this today in a group, and uh, I use the analogy of like a sports. Uh, someone you know breaks all the records, you know, and then there's always somebody to come along that's going to be better. Sure. Right. So who's Who's to say what that looks like? But the, in the whole powerless thing is a st- sticky th- place to be too because that's what kept me stuck for a long time because I had a problem with that because I'm not powerless. Anymore. Well, I'm not powerless, right? It, it, we're talking like as a whole, as a whole statement. I'm not powerless. So you can, when I read that, we admitted we were powerless. I'm like, no, I'm not going to admit that I'm powerless because I'm not. Yeah, but you, but, but okay. I'm, so I take issue with that because why would I seek a power greater than myself if I wasn't powerless? 
if I if I have power, then why do I need a power? But see, that's where you, that's where a lot of people get stuck, right? Because seeking a power greater than myself, don't we have to admit that we we're powerless first? Yes. Okay. Well, if I'm not powerless, and I already know that there is a maybe, maybe I don't know, maybe I'm not like believing in a god per se, but spirituality, right? I've always known that I'm a spiritual person, spiritual being. Uh, but even in the beginning, I didn't know, you know, I was like, yeah, I don't know about this whole God thing because everything that right. I hear and see and people, they're all a bunch of hypocrites. Um, and the whole powerless thing and the whole control thing, it's like I'm, you know, as a whole, I look when I look at that, when I used to look at that, it's like, no, I, I, I'm in control. I choose what I do. I have power. And I think we that powerlessness word we throw around and blanket everything with that. We have power. We're not powerless. We can make a decision, right? We choose whether or not we want to drink. So are you? Use. S- uh, uh, hang okay, on a second. go ahead. Give me a second here. We, we make that choice. We choose whether or not we pick up that drink or that drug or that behavior. Okay? What I, what I came to is that once... I can look at it as from the perspective of once I pick up that drug or that drink or start do, doing those behaviors, <coughs> then all you know, all bets are probably off because I'm gonna, you know, I'm not, I'm gonna do things that I wouldn't normally do once if you, I once was you put sober. It in your body, right. right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, I I have the ability to make the choice whether or not I pick up or not. See, I disagree. Well. That's what makes this show interesting. <laughs> okay. So I believe, so, so, and we may actually be talking semantics here. Yeah, probably. Um, let's put it this way. Left to my own devices, I am, I have no more the ability to say no to the bottle than turn myself into a rock. Left to my own devices. So what does that mean? That means without a power greater than myself in my life, for me to tap into and lean on him, I'm going to pick up. And it, I'm, it, not, I'm not even going to know that. I mean, I may, I'm going to be sitting at the bar going, how did this even happen? I'm not even going to remember doing it. I mean, it, it's that cunning and that baffling. And so when I say... I had to concede to my innermost self that left to my own devices, I was powerless. I, I, I did. I had lost the power and choice. And I, and I think it's just a matter of, uh, of like you said, perspective. Because when I, <clears throat> when I, if I see the same thing, right, I am saying that I can control whether or not I reach over and I pick up that drink and I drink it, right. That's my own means, even, right? Even, I, be, even before your relationship with God, you were able to do that. Yeah. Then why did you not? Why did you once, just stop? Once I started down that road, I couldn't stop because, like, my biology. So why did you start down that road at all? If you had the power and choice not to do it, and you knew it was wrong, and it wasn't going to be good for you, why did you do it? Well, I didn't know all that at first. Okay, so lack of when knowledge. We, when we give, when we see alcohol and drugs, mm-hmm. a lot of times it's very attractive and it's appealing, and 
Look at these people. They're over here having fun. And the allure to that right. is they cunning, baffling, and powerful. They don't show you the other side of that, right? right? But what I'm saying is if you had the power and choice the whole time, even without God, what was it? You're telling me what drove I you to pick it up. because it made me feel better. Hmm. And I had no okay. consequences. So, so you were powerless over deciding that this is how you're going to make you feel better. No, I... I wasn't powerless. I could have stopped any time. I chose not to. Okay. The okay, problem so that that flies in the face the of prob- the disease concept of addiction. No, it doesn't. See, the problem comes in is where the is where what you're talking about the disease because that's the only thing that got me started down this path originally. Yeah, is because I I knew a little something about you know health and the whole you know, disease concept. There are things that we can, that they've told us that once you've done this, you're going to be this way forever. Well, that's not true. There are certain things that you can reverse. Um, You can recover. Yes. Yeah. We totally agree on that. Right. Absolutely. And so in that, when, when I look at it from that perspective where you like diabetes, let's say, right. You eat pizzas every day. For 20 years, well, eventually you're going to end up, along with bread and, you know, whatever, candy and everything else, you're going to end up with diabetes, right? Right. So at some point you're, I mean, I know that I can reverse that, right? Because I know people that have done it. You know, I've seen, seen the data and everything else. So I was able to buy into the disease concept from that perspective. Okay. Okay, so... Because that was the only way I could get my foot in the door and look at this. And once I look at it from that perspective, I know that because of my disease, right? Right. Because now the, the alcohol and the drugs have affected me, my biology, right? They've affected my me physically and mentally. Um, I While I'm using, I can't stop. Right, because right. my body says, if you stop, we will die. Right, basically, is to you have little my brain. or no control over how much you right. use or how often once you put it in your body. And that's that's where I'm we're getting to with this control because once I give up control, right, mm-hmm. and it and give in to the powerlessness, and I'm powerless over that. What happens after I take that first drink of that first drug? Because then. My chemical imbalance, my whatever is off kilter, is yeah. off, and my thought process is off, and I make dumb decisions, and all that stuff that I had stuffed down could possibly come out like it did before. Now it might not because I've done a lot of work, but I'm not willing to take the chance and get and roll the dice and take this shot. So I, I'm just saying. My experience has been I would never have sought a power if I thought I had power. I would never have sought him. I had to come to a place where I I, I admitted to my innermost self that I had lost the ability to make the choice. So I needed a power in my life that could do for me what I couldn't do. Enter the spirit of the God who is God. Right. Okay. And in my my case, I know in yours too, 
right? We're talking about Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit of our Heavenly Father. And so uh, I enter into the realm of the Spirit, like the big book talks about, right? And so the Spirit of God actually starts to flow through in me, and now I have power. Today, I am no longer powerless. But there was a time before that that power entered my life, I didn't have that kind of power. I, I just didn't have it. Right. And and so that's that's what I'm saying. So and, and, did and I make the, the choice way... to pick it up? Yes. But did I have I didn't I didn't have any power in I don't think I had the power to not pick it up. Because I constantly picked it up. And I tried and tried and tried under my own power not to. And I kept finding myself in the same place until I had turned my will on my life over to the care of God. Yeah, my and experience was a little bit different. Right, because yeah. I, I, like I said, I didn't buy into the whole God concept. Right, um, but I believed that I was a, a a spiritual being. Right, and I, whatever, don't know what that you had an element of picture, spirituality in your thinking. But I knew that you know whatever. So, uh, I mine was I guess probably more out of desperation because I didn't have a whole lot of consequences. I had some, um. My, more mine were more like relational consequences, and so I would, I would. My prayer was, if there is a God and you want to work in my life, give me a sign. That was my thing. So right. I'm saying is, I don't know. I need some help, but I don't mm-hmm. know. You know, because I'm not going to do it myself unless there's handcuffs. You know, I got that allergy, right? And, and yeah. I break out in handcuffs. Sure. And so uh, it wasn't until. Uh, you know, God came and met me and showed me something different. I had a spiritual experience while I was in detox, right? But before that, it was more out of desperation, and I'd had these moments of clarity along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a brain hemorrhage and didn't die. You know, yeah. Uh, God, I looked at it. I look at it now as God rebooting my hard drive. Um, yeah, it's a good way to put it. But it was, um, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I decided that I'm going to, like, you know, there, there's this God or whatever, and then I'm filled with the Holy Spirit and, like, oh, you know. Well, that didn't happen to me either, like that. But what I'm either. saying is, like, I, you know, I got to a point in my addiction that I couldn't put it down because I was physically in a, unable because of partly because probably mostly because I should say of my of who I was at the time I didn't ask for help I didn't tell anybody what was going on um you know and I had this attitude if everybody would just do things my way everything would be fine sure I didn't think I had a problem I had a, I had a house I had family I had a job I was paying my bills sometimes <laughs> Right, and then it wasn't until I got to the point where I got sick and tired of being sick and tired of all, all you know. Basically, I'm being I'm miserable all the time, and the people around me are miserable because I'm making them miserable. But I didn't mm-hmm. realize it at the time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so, my like I said, my experience was I was it was more of a desperation that I wanted to do something different, but I knew I wasn't gonna, you know, I'm. For whatever reason, I, I wasn't the type of person at the time to like, oh, I'm going to, you know, you hear your stories of 
I'm driving down the road, and oh, I decided to turn right into the treatment center. You know, yeah. I'm not that. I'm not that person. So, here's a thought, and this is really going to make some people mad. It may even make me mad. <laughs> you know, I, I, I am one that that tends to to have the opinion, and we know what those are, that if a person isn't hasn't lost the power and choice, if they're not powerless then maybe they're not really an alcoholic or an addict. Maybe they're a drug abuser. Maybe they really don't have the allergy. They they just, if they have the, the ability to choose not to pick up and they don't need help from a power greater than themselves, maybe they're not an addict. Well, and I think it, it go, it's a little bit deeper than that because I get it. In the beginning, when I first started, I had a choice whether or not to get high or like Whatever. before you ever, ever used, right? No, I'm talking about in the beginning when I was starting to use. That's what I mean. I could make a choice. Yeah. Right? Okay, and I agree with that. Until I, I, my physical body changed. Because of the substance. Because of the substances. Right. Okay. I'll, I'll, right? I'll, 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 I, I can be on that page with you. Before, <laughs> before I ever picked up that first Coors beer or that first, actually it was Christian Brothers Brandy, before I ever put that in my body... Um, it is very possible, I don't know, that the allergy had not been, I hadn't engaged the allergy yet until it was in my body. And maybe that day when I was in junior high and I snuck that Christian Brothers brandy from my dad's liquor cabinet, I was faced with whether I could choose to do that or not to do that, and I chose to, to drink it. So I can concede that at that point I had a choice, perhaps. Um, but once it entered my body, something happened to me, to my metabolism that doesn't happen in the normal temperate drinker. Something happened, and I released the allergy of the body. And at that point, I ceased to have the power and choice anymore. <laughs> Listeners were staring at each other. Okay. All right. So let's go back to this this, this thing, though. Um, in, in step 12, so a blend of spiritual awakening, carrying the message, daily practice. Uh, most people probably know what we're talking about that listen to this show, but let's just do a quick review. Step 12 of our 12-step programs consists of the following words. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps... We tried to carry this message to fill in the blanks, the alcoholic, the addict, whoever, and to practice these principles in all our affairs. What principles? The principles of the steps, which abbreviated comes down to this, you know, admitting my need. I have a need. I don't have the ability to stop doing this, so I have a need. So I need a power. Then turning my will and my life over to that power. Then making an honest self-appraisal, confession to God, to ourselves and others, amends to the people we have wronged, a life of prayer and meditation and continued spiritual gro growing and practices, and then taking the message of hope and recovery to other people. That, that in a nutshell, is the 12-step process. Mm -hmm. um, and so step 12 says, having had a spiritual awakening uh, as a result of doing this work... What we, if you have a spiritual awakening before you do all that I, work? I think I had a spiritual awakening, awakening at each step of some degree. 
Sure. Um, some people don't until step three. Some people don't until step nine. I mean, everybody's a little different. Well, you know, I, I, I had to, you know, think about this, you know, over the years. And because I'm like, well, I didn't actually really start doing the steps until after I had my spiritual awakening. But then when yeah, I look back on the history, too. you know, my buddy Greg uh, from high school, uh, when I don't even remember when it was, but I remember uh we went. He took me to some NA meetings. Yeah, this is. I'm still in my addiction. We're like, okay. Let, he was like, yeah, they got these dances going on on the weekends. I'm You're like, going. I'm cool. go, I'm there, man. <laughs> right. He goes, but you have to sit in. You know, listen to this meeting. Yeah. You know. You know. So he probably knew before I did. But uh, yeah. So I mean, I mean, if you think about it, is that was that the start of the seeds being probably. Planted? Probably, you know, you know, but I mean, what it for literature purposes sake, this saying having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps. So I, I was definitely having spiritual. I was having, let's put it this way. I was having spiritual experiences mm-hmm. as I moved through this, but then I had a spiritual awakening as a result of the steps as well. I, I had turned my will and my lo- life over to Jesus Christ in 1971 Way before I ever stopped drinking, mm-hmm. I believe I had a spiritual experience there. Was it a spiritual awakening? Not in its completion, that's for sure. But it definitely was a spiritual experience. So um, seeds were planted. Seeds were planted, yep. right? And I think a lot of that came, it started to grow even more as a result of the step process right. for me. Um, but <clears throat> in this thing of spiritual progress not spiritual perfection um the the danger of thinking i got to do it perfectly otherwise i'm just not going to do it at all we we know that's a danger however i think sometimes we cheat people out of putting their best foot forward sometimes by making it too comfortable oh it's okay it's okay uh god will not render us white as snow without our cooperation and if we're not going to cooperate, if we're just going to rest on our laurels and say, I've read the steps, therefore I've done them. I have a sponsor. His phone number's in my pocket. I never call him. You know, um, I attend the dances, but I never attend meetings to give away what's been given to me. You know, all that stuff. Is that really spiritual progress? Well, and I, and I think therein lies, you know, the the uh, the work in this in step 12, right? We actually have to go out and work with others and share with them what we've done to get to where we're at. Absolutely. And not just say, go to a meeting and get a sponsor. Right. Right. We got to be involved with people. Right. Or with your group or with whoever you're involved with. You you have to this is an article from uh, Castle Craig Treatment Center and Hospital. It says... No one among us has been able to maintain anything like perfect adherence to these principles. This is a quote from the big book. The authors of Alcoholics Anonymous explained after listing the, tw- listing the 12 steps. We are not saints. The point is that we're willing to grow along spiritual lines. So that's key right there. We're willing to grow. Okay. Um, the principles we have set down, that's the steps, are guides to progress. So that's the other key word, progress. So we got grow and progress. We claim spiritual progress rather than spiritual perfection. That's not saying, that is not an excuse 
to say, well, it's progress, not perfection. Well, first of all, that's a misquote. It's spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection, not just progress, not perfection. Uh, but I hear it all the time. Well, you know, I relapse because it's progress, not perfection, man. You know, or, you know, I cussed out my wife because, you know, I'm, I'm in progress, not perfection. But it's progress. There should be some progress. There should be some upward momentum going on here. If you're really applying the principles laid out, there's going to be progress. If you're standing still, you're going backwards. Um, progress, not perfection, is a popular term in the world of recovery where people are striving every day to better themselves from a problem which has created complications in their life. For those in recovery from a drug and alcohol addiction, progress, not perfection, is an elaboration of another familiar sentiment, one day at a time. Humans cannot be expected to be perfect. Those in recovery who are working in the 12-step program are developing awareness regarding their character defect and personal flaws. That is, the parts of their humanity which make them less than perfect. Often addicts and alcoholics in recovery will fall under the belief that confronting these character defects and working to overcome them necessitates perfection. In order to avoid being controlled by the subconscious elements of their character, which could contribute to relapse, they feel they have to be perfect. It's an unrealistic and damaging belief, which is why the authors immediately after listing the expectations of the steps assert that the process isn't about perfection, but the process is about progress. And I think we missed that. We're responsible for the effort, not the outcome. There you go. But there must be effort. Well, in it, you know, everyone has to go through their process. I mean, I tried various ways of doing it my way. Yeah. Until I got to the to the end and said, okay, I'm going to do this, whatever this is. I'm going to do the program. Uh, the way that I'm instructed to do it. Uh, to How the, long did it take you to come to that point? 27 years. Yeah. Or 20 years. Isn't that something? <sighs> do you think there was progress going on behind the scenes? Well, yeah, now that I look back. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, again, it goes goes back to the, you know, if there is a God and you want to work in my life, give me a sign, and then here's a sign, but I don't really see it because I'm... In your stuff? Too busy... With other things, and when I see, when I say I want a sign, I want like the one that they show on the movie where <laughs> there's a beaming bright light. An that, angel appears. Yeah, it comes down, and you know, Dave. But you know what I mean. That's I mean that's what I was expecting <clears throat> to happen. Yeah. Um, and so it got down to the point where I've tried it my own, my way, uh, and every other way, but the way that it's laid out, then what's left, I got to try it the way that it's laid out. And so that was that, you know, that deal I made with, you know, uh, a power greater than myself is like, I'm going to do this to the best of my ability for the next year. And if my life doesn't change, I can always go back to doing what I was doing. Well, you know, if I'm honest, my life changed as I was saying that. I mean, in that, oh wow, yeah, in that 
in that uh, those events of those days, you know, what was going on those days, mm-hmm. my life had already changed, right? Yeah. Um, I had that spiritual experience. You know, God took the obsession and the addiction away because otherwise I probably would have died. Uh, the amount of chemicals I was putting in my body and not telling anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was drink, drinking at least a gallon of booze a day uh, for the last year or two. Yeah. That's uh, way too much there, bud. (laughs) (laughs) But I paced myself, you know? It was just... (laughs) I spread it over a day. Big gulp and a straw. Oh, the big gulps, yeah. Did the the cups ever start to melt? (laughs) I used to take them into the movie theaters, rum and coke, but I had to drink them fast because otherwise the waxy cups would melt. Oh, you got to get the... The plastic. Oh, the cup. plastic. Big, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there you go. You got, <laughs> you got two ounces of soda and forty-four ounces of whatever. Right. Right. <laughs> flavor of the day. Oh my gosh. But yeah, it uh, it was one of those things where I had to get to the point where it's like I'm going to do this. To the best of my ability, whatever that looks like, one day at a time, um, sometimes one second at a time, mm-hmm. and not try to project out for the next, like, I'm going to do X, Y, Z for the next year. It's like, no, I'm just going to do this for today, and if I get through today, then I'm good, and then tomorrow's another day. You know, it's interesting that it says, it didn't just say progress, not perfection, Although you could probably say that about a lot of things, but its emphasis is on our spiritual growth, spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection, and and which really emphasizes that spirituality isn't a part of the program of recovery. It is the program of recovery. It's intertwined in the entire thing, right? But there are good portion of people that are trying to you know change their lives that don't get that because they don't get that no the spiritual part is the last thing they want to even look at yeah because of a number of different reasons past experiences things they've heard you know um they they want to associate spirituality with maybe dogma yeah and so they're Religion, religiosity, or, yeah. or or that kind of thing, um, you know. But like you were saying, you had an awareness even from the beginning that you were a spiritual being. Yeah, and I and I've had that as long as far back as I can remember. Right. So it's essential, I believe, that some sort of spiritual realization needs to happen if you're truly an alcoholic or an addict, if you're truly the uh, uh, of the hopeless variety, the b- book would say, some sort of spiritual connection has to take place at, at some, some point. point. Yeah. At some point. I mean, point. like we've said before, it's like, you know, when you first start, it's like you're in spiritual kindergarten because most of us don't have a clue what that even looks like. Heck, I was a Christian before all this stuff, and I didn't have a clue. Right. And my sponsor told me, I want you to take everything you know about everything, put it in this box, and let me hold on to it for a while. 
I said, well, I I know what I know about God. And I'm, uh, he, he goes, how do you know? Well, I just do. Well, he said, what if you're wrong? And, and that hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, wow, what if I am wrong? Yeah. He says, you know, if you're right, no harm done. But what if you're not? And there was some things I was right about. There was a whole bunch of stuff I was totally wrong about. And thank goodness, you know, he had the wherewithal to say, you know, if I'm going to sponsor you, then we're going to do this this way or we're not going to do it. You know, and he's, he saved my life. Yeah. So that, that speaks to the willingness of change, which is a spiritual thing. Right. My goodness. Right. <laughs> All right. Any closing thoughts there, my friend? Uh, just, you know, I'm going to say it. Uh-oh. Progress, not perfection. <laughs> there he goes. <laughs> right? Do but, the best you can. But but move forward. Yeah. Even if it's an inch at a time, right? Well, it's do it, do something every single day. I just had this conversation with a bunch of guys. It's like when you leave treatment, you can't just say, okay, I've been in a program for X amount of days and I'm done with this for a while. I'm just going to go get a job and I'm going to get a house and I'm going to get a car and I'm going to do my thing. And, you know, I, I think maybe I'll go to church on Sunday and I'll be good. And I, you know, I reminded them, let's go back to what it was like before, right? How, how often, how much time did you spend uh, on your drinking and drugging and behaviors, twenty four seven? Okay, Absolutely. so the trade off is you're going to have to do something else at least an hour a day, if not more, towards your recovery. Yeah, because if you don't do that, you're going to fall right back into the old behaviors eventually. Yeah. Because what's going to overpower your brain? Your brain is going to get overpowered by all of the time you spent in that other life, right? And this, so when you're in treatment, I, hopefully the idea is to retrain your brain into doing something different and getting used to doing that for a period of time so that you continue on with that behavior moving forward. Because if you just stop after treatment, What's the point? It's like going on vacation for, you know, yeah. a, a brief period of time and then, you know, back to back to the grind. It's like it's like painting your house and then never With maintaining watercolors it. Watercolors living right. in Oregon. Oh, I painted it. <laughs> yeah. And never ma- I mean, I don't know of anything that doesn't require maintenance to keep it operating, right? Right. Your plumbing, your car, your physical body. Well, and it's like, okay, you want to use a car analogy, right? You got to, like, put gas in your car when it gets low, right? You don't yeah. just keep driving it until it stops on the side of the road. You got to change your oil. Yeah. Right? Or mm-hmm. your engine's going to go, right? You got to maintain it. Yeah. So maybe some of us need a spiritual oil change. There you go. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Holy oil. Holy oil. Well, listen, if you want to subscribe to our shows for fun and for free, uh, you can do that by going to take12radio.com and clicking on any of the podcasting platforms. 
Uh, or you can just search on your favorite podcasting platform uh, by searching for Take 12. That's the number 12. Take 12 Recovery Radio. And uh, we're literally on hundreds of podcasting platforms. And that way you can download the shows and share them with people, bring copies. You have our permission to do that. And uh, it makes great, great gifts around the holiday. <laughs> um, Dave, we have, a, we have a little closing number here by mm. you, Martin, and Ralph Blaine that I thought was appropriate uh, for this time of year because this is, let's see, um, let me see. Wednesday, we have the short three to five minute Monty Man's meditorial, but as far as a full show goes, um, we won't have another one until uh, next next Monday. And so this kind of leads us into Christmas with a little tongue-in-cheek, Rule 62. Don't take yourself so seriously. Here is you, Martin, and Ralph Blaine. Say goodbye, Dave. Goodbye, Dave. <laughs> All righty. Check it out. yourself a merry little COVID. May your mask be tied. From now on, our attempts will have to be Listen, uh, Rule 62, don't take yourself so doggone seriously, right? Listen, but you need to use common sense during this whole COVID thing and flu season and just in general when it comes to your health. Use your common sense. And don't forget, yes, though it is spiritual progress, not spiritual perfection, it is spiritual progress. If you're standing still, you're going backwards. Until next time, this is the Monty Man along with Dave Fleming, the Take 12 Recovery Radio family for Entitled to Overcome Solutions for Life Today, reminding you that because of God's great grace and love, 
you are entitled to overcome. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas!